Welcome to Counterthought, a podcast conserving America's freedom, culture, and values. This is Brian Kletter, the creator and host of the podcast. You can engage with the podcast on Instagram at counter underscore thought or at Counterthought CEO and on our Facebook page, Counterthought Podcast. For audio versions of the podcast, you can find us on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, and more. And for video versions of the podcast, join us on YouTube at the Counterthought channel. Let's go. It's Christmas week, but the news never stops. The Twitter files are up to eight installments, and the January 6th committee has referred an indictment of Donald Trump to the DOJ. Welcome to Counterthought. Merry Christmas. I know we are all busy getting ready for Christmas. It is just a few days away. You know, Christmas Day is this Sunday. We celebrate Jesus's birth. Merry Christmas to you and your family. And thank you for tuning in to this podcast episode while you're busy. Maybe you're wrapping presents or you know, driving in the car to a store or driving to see family or friends, something like that. Thank you for tuning in. And I hope you have a merry, merry Christmas. Well, if you thought the news would slow down around Christmas time, you were wrong. I was wrong. You were wrong. The assumption would be, oh, you know, everyone just kind of think you take it easy. Everything will slow down. That's not the case. Elon Musk and Twitter continue to release along, I mean, with his journalists that he's allowed in to look at these Twitter files to peek behind the curtain, continues to produce uh, an installment about every, I think about two a week is what they're averaging now or so, maybe two to three per week, but there are up to eight different Twitter file releases. And now the January 6th committee, as of Tuesday this week, has recommended to the DOJ an indictment of our former president, Donald Trump. So it is not a light week of news. Hopefully it is not bogging you down, but I want to dive into these real quick because I have things to get to uh, in preparation for Christmas as well. So the Twitter files, eight different releases, eight installments. There have Elon Musk has used four different um journalists to release these eight different um, Twitter file installments. He's used Matt Taibbi, Barry Weiss, Michael Schellenberger, and Lee Fang. Now, these eight different installments, they've highlighted or focused on a few different areas. A lot of the, a lot of the areas, though, I'm sure you and I have, have you know, already been aware of and suspected, and now these Twitter files are just confirming what we've already known. But the big reveals from these eight Twitter file releases are the following. There has there is confirmed that there has been blacklisting and shadow banning of prominent conservatives and or Republicans, however you want to define them, on Twitter. Some key ones are Dan Bongino, Charlie Kirk. You know, we saw the Babylon Bee get taken down, even though that was, I think, a little bit earlier this year. Uh, Dr. Bhattacharya from Stanford, who was you know, going against the whole lockdown narrative early on in the pandemic and also going on, you know, contrary to what was being released by uh, the administration, I believe even going back to maybe Trump's administration, but definitely during Biden's about keeping school closed, you know, being very counter to what was being recommended by the administration and by Dr. Fauci. 
These Twitter files also released that there has been severe FBI overreach, heavy FBI influence. That FBI influence goes all the way to the top. So you may remember if you've been following closely, going all the way back to the Russia collusion in the Mueller probe, you may recognize the name James Baker. Well, James Baker was part of the Robert Mueller probe into Trump and Russia collusion. That big hoax that was cooked up and manufactured by Hillary Clinton's campaign and took two years of time away from Trump and really um, put the brakes on his first two years of his presidency because of that narrative, which still continues on to this day. But James Baker, prior to um, his involvement in the Mueller probe, was he is a former FBI general counsel, a.k.a. lawyer. Again, he worked on the Robert Mueller probe, the special counsel investigation, you know, investigating the claims of Russia collusion with Donald Trump. And then he went on to become a top Twitter executive. That Twitter files also have revealed that Trump did not actually violate any of Twitter's rules or policies to um, result in his banning that centers around January 6th. The policies in place, those who are in charge within Twitter are looking at it and saying, well, you know, this doesn't, what he's saying, you know, doesn't fit, doesn't uh, go against, you know, does is not anything against our policies. We can't really ban him. They already had two strikes against him and they're looking for that third strike. But Twitter executives, other executives decided to go ahead and ban him anyway, giving into pressure from their own employees. And then also just to continue along with the two strikes and to give Trump his third strike. The Twitter files also reveals that the FBI has strategically laid or the FBI did strategically lay the groundwork to ultimately censor and suppress the Hunter Biden laptop story, which was initially released and posted to Twitter by the, by the New York post. And when I say strategically laid the groundwork, we're talking about over 10 to 11 months. They did this. The FBI, you may remember received a copy of the hard drive from the computer repairman in December of 2019. So from December 2019 to October of 2020, you know, we're talking about 10 full months. The FBI had this hard drive. Did they look at it? Not entirely sure. I would like to think that the FBI would look at something like that just to confirm or not confirm if what is said to be on that laptop is true. Criminal activity and the like that that is contained on that laptop that has been released now, been released and seen over the past uh, two years. So my thinking is that the FBI did look at the hard drive. And when they saw what was on the hard drive, they went ahead and began their strategic, methodical groundwork, which culminated in the October release by the New York Post for culminated in Twitter executives believing that the release by the New York Post in October of 2020 was a Russian disinformation campaign. The FBI, again, leaned heavily on the Twitter executives, was holding weekly meetings, was sending emails back and forth, holding uh, meetings with the DNI, the Director of National Intelligence, and other members of the intelligence community, building up this narrative and this belief within the minds of these Twitter executives 
that anything that came out regarding Hunter Biden and or against the uh, Joe Biden himself leading up to the election was another Russian disinformation campaign. Quote, unquote, another, because we know that the initial um, Russia campaign, you know, which they say got Trump elected in 2016, turned out to be a hoax. So the FBI laid this groundwork again over the course of 10 months so that then when the New York Post article was released, the Twitter executives would say, oh, this is disinformation. This needs to be suppressed. This needs to be taken off of Twitter. And you may remember also that in that suppression, the New York Post post about the Hunter Biden laptop was removed. Their account was suspended. In order to get their account back, the New York Post had to remove the post about the Hunter Biden laptop story. Anyone who um, retweeted or quote tweeted or even sent that tweet from the New York Post as a DM to another Twitter user, it was taken down. It was removed. Twitter also had direct conversations, direct ties to Facebook and Instagram, and it was removed off of those platforms. And one of the things that we would love to see, or I would love to see um, as a follow-up to these Twitter files is what involvement, what level of involvement is the FBI or other uh, members of our government, especially within the intelligence community, how involved are they and how much influence do they have when it comes to Facebook and Instagram and Google when it comes to search results? How much influence does the FBI and the intelligence community have or the executives, the decision makers on these platforms? And are the same things that have been revealed to have happened at Twitter also happening at these other social media giants? My guess is it is occurring. Um, Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg, there we go. Mark Zuckerberg has admitted that the FBI has contacted him and said, hey, leading up to the election, there might be some disinformation coming out. And it's going. this is Russian disinformation. And that was in preparation for the suppression of the Hunter Biden laptop story. So we are getting this look behind the curtain when it comes to the Twitter files. However, we are not going to get a full look behind the entire curtain that is social media. Numerous millions of millions of people, Americans, especially Gen Z, are getting their political information, their news, their all of that content through social media platforms. They are not typing into their search bar, you know, CNN or MSNBC or or um, ABC News or NBC News or anything like that. They're going to these platforms. They're looking to their influencers. Maybe they're going to a podcast that they trust. You know, maybe they're going directly to um, an individual member of of Congress or someone who has their own TV show on a network. And that is how they're consuming their information. And this is another part of this whole uh, revelation is the fact that there is basically a media blackout across the legacy media, the left leaning media, which means not only is it being revealed of the influence that the FBI had, at Twitter, not only has it been revealed or confirmed for you and I, because we suspected all of this, but 
the suppression of information for no, no justification for that. We now know because of this media blackout that individuals who might be independent, you know, center might be independent, but lean a little left, someone who is persuadable, someone who is actually interested in what is going on. And even those who are not interested in what is going on, we, the American people need to know as much information as possible, need a clear view and unobstructed view, um, you know, an unfiltered view of what is going on in our country. And because of this media blackout about the Twitter files and the revelations, there these individuals who think one way because of the information that they are spoon-fed from the legacy media, they are not going to un- even know that this occurred. They will not know that it occurred. The only way they will find out if, if it occurred is if they themselves are following Elon Musk on Twitter, if they are actually um, Googling something involving Elon Musk, you'd actually have to Google Twitter files because you're not going to find it online. There might be one article that goes back to the first one or two installments of the Twitter files, but it's not anything about all eight of them. So not only was the narrative created back then, you know, going through the 2020 election and um, 2021 with different misinformation campaigns, heavily infiltrated by the FBI, that this, um, the revelations, the Twitter files also has revealed that the FBI systematically flagged Twitter users for making posts that they consider quote unquote problematic, problematic. The FBI is sitting there saying, Hey, this post, this post, this post, holding regular meetings to flag this type of content. This is a severe overreach. And the American people need to know about this, but because of the legacy media and how corrupt it is, it's basically a spokesperson for the DNC. Half of the American people that follow political news are not even going to hear about this. They're not going to hear about this blatant um, violation of the First Amendment. The First Amendment protects us, gives us our free speech. No, this is not about Twitter, which is a private company, right? This is about the FBI, federal government, saying, hey, this should not be heard. This should not be heard. No, this person should be suppressed. This person's tweet should be shadow banned. The federal government cannot obstruct your speech. And that is what has occurred here through the FBI. And I talk about this in episode 11 of the podcast. I mean, you got to go way back to episode 11. That would have been, goodness, I think maybe uh, July or early August of of 2021, but episode 11, I, I talked about state action censorship. And at that, in that episode, I was talking about Facebook and the Biden administration. In that episode, the Biden administration was using Facebook for misinformation, quote unquote, misinformation about, um, about COVID-19 misinformation. So this is another instance of state action censorship. And we, the American people, cannot stand for this and should not stand for this. The federal government via the FBI and other intelligence agencies as revealed through these Twitter files is committing um, illegal activity against our first amendment right to free speech. And the FBI's response is, is typical. The FBI response says, quote, 
The FBI regularly engages in private sector entities to provide information specific to identified foreign malign influence actors, subversive, undeclared covert or criminal activities. Private sector entities independently make decisions about what, if any, action they take on their platforms for their customers after the FBI has notified them. End quote. So basically, the FBI is just denying any wrongdoing and saying, hey, you know, we do this regularly, but we are not, we're not doing everything that these Twitter files are stating. No, no, no. We're not, we're not doing that. You know, our hands are clean. But we know this is not true because of the Twitter files. And then last but not least, the January 6th committee has formally submitted a referral to the DOJ to indict Donald Trump, President Trump. They submitted uh, three referral charges to to the DOJ. Now, the DOJ already has a special counsel looking into Donald Trump and um, the files that he had at Mar-a-Lago. They're looking into January 6th committee revelations. So it's unclear to me if this referral goes straight to Merrick Garland and that Merrick Garland sends it over to the special counsel that is already underway, or if this goes straight to the special counsel. The three things that Trump's been charged with are weak. I would not expect them to to hold up any legal muster, but this is a very politicized DOJ, so it would not surprise me if Trump is indicted. Now, the calculus of this, the political calculus is, okay, well, for the Democrats, is okay, is the, is the indictment, and this is what the January 6th committee has been leading up to, right? We knew this was coming because of its political tilt. We knew that it was going to result in a referral for an indictment. But the political calculus is, okay, well, if Trump is indicted, and again, he is the only person who has um, announced to be a political um, opponent to Joe Biden in 2024, is this going to rally people around Trump and work against the Democrats in their political, in their bid for more political power by winning the presidency in 2024? Or through the media and the puppet strings, will Trump be able to be indicted and then they can control the narrative to bring even more people to be against Trump and then therefore result in Trump losing by maybe a large margin in 2024? That remains to be seen, obviously, but that is kind of the political calculus. Will a formal indictment from the DOJ result in more people rallying around Donald Trump, or through the puppet strings, again, the media and social media, legacy media and the like, news networks, will they be able to control that narrative and ultimately defeat Donald Trump? Either way, through the Twitter files and the January 6th committee indictment referral against Trump, this is looking more and more like a tyrannical government, which is what our founders warned us against than I've ever seen. Thank you for listening to Counterthought, a podcast conserving America's freedom, culture, and values. Remember to subscribe and like or rate the podcast on your podcast app or on YouTube and engage with the podcast on Instagram at counter underscore thought at Counterthought CEO or on Facebook at Counterthought Podcast. 